Thomas Cranmer, the great Archbishop of Canterbury and the author of the first book of Common Prayer, had a very great understanding of the faith. That understanding was captured in the Latin lex orande, lex credende, literally, the law of prayer is the law of belief. In other words, what we believe is actually shaped by our prayers and the way we pray. How and what we pray shapes our own personal theology. And the implication of that reality is that through our prayers, in communication with God, we begin to change. And as we would expect with any relationship, when we pray and when we spend time in communication with God, our relationship with God deepens. I say that because it is my conviction that in our worship and in our liturgy, as God's gift to us, through our worship and liturgy, that we would truly hear with our ears and mean with our hearts the words that we say with our lips. God is ready to hear us. God is ready to give to us. God is pouring out upon us great mercies, even when we, as fearful, misunderstanding humans, are too dense even to ask. And all too often, we are afraid to ask God for the things that we really need. Yet, God's deepest desire is to provide for and to love each one of us. There are two things that typically come to mind when I hear uh, our gospel passage I can remember the time when James and John come to Jesus and ask uh, to sit at his right and left hand in the kingdom of God. Do you remember that story? When they come and they ask, Lord, we ask you to do for us, and he says, what do you want? And they make their request. Jesus responds, you do not know what you were asking. You see, I have that same sort of feeling when, when I hear the apostles say, increase our faith. It's almost like Jesus could turn and say, you do not know what you're asking. Asking for greater faith is a request that is guaranteed a yes answer. Because you see, the Lord will place us in situations and circumstances where greater faith is indeed required. So, asking to increase our faith means that the Lord's going to place us in circumstances where greater faith is needed. Yet, 
We're going to face difficult situations and circumstances anyway. That's life. Not asking for faith to see us through them doesn't seem very wise either. But the second thing that comes to mind is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And if you have your Bibles or you have a scrap of paper, write down Hebrews 11, chapter 1. It's, a, it's an absolute verse to commit to memory and to, and to commit to uh, reflection. Hebrews 11, chapter 1, or uh, chapter 11, verse 1. Gee, let me say that again very clearly. It's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It's the greatest definition of faith that there is. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. In other words, faith is the assurance that God is in control. Even when everything and everyone around us try to convince us that God is not in control. Faith is hearing and believing in a God who says, I got this. So when the apostles come to Jesus and say, increase our faith, Jesus takes this request very earnestly. And Jesus responds. Jesus points out that even the smallest faith can have great impact. And his words are both encouragement and reflection on what it means to have even the smallest level of faith. So let's talk about encouragement. How is this what Jesus responds to? How is it encouragement? Well, he says about you know, if even if you have the faith of a, the size of a mustard seed, the reality of what he's telling us is that what you have is enough to start with. You know, the world tells us more is better. The world drives us to quantify everything. If we have something good, right, the more we have of it, the better. Perhaps we can even feel that if we don't have enough of something, we will run out of it, right? Our advertising companies know this principle all too well. So the request to increase our faith is a good request if we're confident in the small faith that we already have. Yeah, but we do have to be careful 
when we think about the request of more faith. More faith as compared to what? Or even worse, as compared to whom? You know, once upon a time, I remember a woman, and I'll call her Sally, uh, who attended a multi-denominational choral workshop. She went to the she went to this great big workshop for choirs and choir members, and uh, and and there were people from all different kind of denominations who came uh, to be part of it. And she shared with me, Sally shared with me a very interesting experience. Before the workshop got started, she came in and sat down and, and, and found herself a seat and settled in for the conference. And a moment later, another woman sat right next to her and introduced, her, introduced herself. And they got, you know, they, they of course greeted one another in a, in, a, in, a, in a warm Christian fashion and started a conversation, where are you from, you know, uh, uh, you know what church are you from, what city are you from, and getting to, getting to know each, each other. And then this woman said to Sally something very interesting. She said, I have five of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. How many do you have? Now, I don't remember Sally's response, but I will never forget the question. You see, the gifts of the Holy Spirit don't work that way. They are not merit badges to pin to your jacket, okay? And it is all too sad that some people believe they have to be spiritually superior to others. And in all honesty, these are the people who give genuine charismatics a bad name. Not all charismatics are like that. But we should, as Jesus tells us, be encouraged to know that the mustard seed faith is powerful when we put it to use. The Bible shows us that even those of mustard seed faith did great things for God. David, a shepherd boy, slew Goliath. Moses, a murderer and a slanderer, or a murderer and a, and, a, and a stutterer, stood up to Pharaoh. Joseph, an outcast slave, transformed the Egyptian empire and saved even his family from starvation. Paul, persecutor of the church, he brought the gospel through the small communities of faith to the known world. Jesus himself focused his, his attention on 12 men of little or no education. 120 people, 120 people gathered in fear during the Feast of Pentecost. And through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, they would bring the good news to Jerusalem and thereby begin 
to bring it to the entire world. So even those of mustard seed faith did great things for God. But in that saying, increase our faith. Jesus' response also bears reflection. Why is it that you're asking? As with anything, we need to be careful of pride. Why would we ask for an increase of faith? My brothers and sisters, the simple fact is that your faith will increase by doing and giving and being actively involved in the church and in the world. It is true that faith will increase when it means something to you. But we also know that we live in a world where we are faced by things daily that rob our faith. And here are some of them. One is fear and anxiety. Fear and anxiety rob our faith. And really, the bottom line is why fear and anxiety rob our faith is due to amnesia. We forget who God is. When we forget who God is, we become fearful and we become anxious. You know, it's interesting that part of the Eucharistic prayer is referred to as anamnesis. Amnesia and anamnesis have the same root, but they are totally opposite from one another. Amnesia is forgetting. And anamnesis is remembering. And it's by no accident that that those that anamnesis is chosen. You see, anamnesis is the opposite of Amnesia and anamnesis is remembering. And really, it means remembering. The remembering of God's people. So fear and anxiety is 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 is, is one. Another one is guilt. Guilt robs our faith. And guilt is really when we forget forgiveness and the grace that God has bestowed upon us. Another one is sloth. When's the last time you heard a sermon about sloth, huh? There's much more attractive things to preach about in our world today. But sloth is something that robs our faith. You see, leaving faith alone by being preoccupied with personal issues, it robs our faith. I'm just too busy to worry about faith right now. There must be a game on, right? 
But my brothers and sisters, probably the biggest thing of all that robs our faith is discouragement. You know, what happens when the mulberry tree doesn't fly off at our command? Does that mean that we don't have even a mustard seed faith? So we pray and, 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 and we pray for something and it doesn't happen right at that moment. Now what happens when we pray in something do, for something and it doesn't occur? Well, our amnesia kicks in. We forget who God is. And even so, as we hear the prophet Habakkuk say, even today, we may find ourselves saying, Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. You know, these are the times. These are the times when we need to remember that God has gotten us through difficult times before. When is the last time or any time in your life have you ever raised up your hands and said, that's it. I'm never going to get through this. I'm, you know, things are just too bad. And God has gotten you through it. He's gotten you through it. Guaranteed. Guaranteed I know that he got you through it because guess what? You're here. And God will get whatever comes our way, God will get us through it. And eventually, one day, God is going to bring us home. And God is going to get us through it. Even this thing called life, God gets us through it. You see, God has delivered you before, and he will do so again. How do we know? By faith. Listen again to what St. Paul says in 2 Timothy that we heard this morning. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of love and of self-discipline. So my brothers and sisters, these things that rob our faith Fear, guilt, sloth, discouragement. These things that rob faith are not of God. Remember that. Especially when you are tempted to give up on the small mustard seed faith that we have. And so today, we come before God's presence once again. 
to be remembered each to each other as the body of Christ and each to God as His people. And as this happens, we are drawn into a special grace as Paul, St. Paul also tells us, a grace that was given to us in Christ before the ages began. Would you pray with me? O oh Lord, increase our faith. Give us the wisdom to understand the mustard seed faith that we do have and the courage to put it into action. For the faith we have, we thank you. As we pray, shape us and mold us according to your good plans for us. Encourage us in times of difficulty. Help us to give of ourselves not for our gain, but for your glory. Open our eyes to see your good work in us and bring us peace. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who remembers us in his unending and unconditional love. Amen.